the Hick at Night Show with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. A very, very happy Saturday morning to you. A happy weekend to you. And thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us right here on CBS Sports Radio. Really do appreciate it. And we got a nice hour here with you to get you set for what is going to be the biggest weekend in college football to date. I am so excited. I cannot wait. Hope your calendar is free all day because that's really the only thing that um, should be on the docket. Loads and loads and loads of great college football games this weekend. And speaking of which, with this massive college football weekend here, six ranked games right about to be played on Saturday. I don't think there's a team that needs a win more on Saturday more than Florida State. No team desperate. No team is more pressure, really, to win on Saturday, I think, more than the Seminoles. Because you look at their path to the college football playoff if they lose. I think it's harder. They lose to Clemson on Saturday. Harder for them to get there than any other team that plays and loses in one of these big games we're talking and looking at here on Saturday. That is why, for me, they need a win more than anyone. I don't care they're playing an unranked team. This is more about the path now for Florida State going to the college football playoff than anything else. And I don't think it's too early. Start looking ahead towards the college football playoff. I know we're late late, uh, late September. Took me forever to get that out there. Late September. A lot still to play out in front of us here over the next two-plus months of college football. But when you start to look at the landscape of the sport and what helps separate teams and making and bolstering their case to be one of the four in, I personally, I think committee does this as well, I look at who you beat. I value who you beat more than who you lose to. Losses are important, don't get me wrong. But also so are wins. Right? We can talk about quote-unquote bad losses, you know, losing to a ranked opponent on the road by a close score. Cool. But if you don't beat anybody, where's, like, the impressiveness? Like, with Alabama last year, they had a good loss, quote-unquote, to Tennessee on the road, losing by, you know, the, the field goal at the end of the game. And they lose on a two-point conversion at LSU in overtime. Two, quote-unquote, good losses. That's what Nick Saban was pounding the table for this team last year to make the college World playoff because they had two losses by a combined four points. Cool, bro. Who'd you beat? Who'd you beat? Texas? whoop de do. Wow, big one there. Mississippi State? Auburn? Oof. Alabama didn't beat anybody. That was my problem, why they did not deserve and... Evidently did not make the college football playoff last year. It's about who you beat. And if you're Florida State, right now, yes, you have an impressive win over LSU. But here's the problem. If LSU continues to fall, if they continue to slide or right now, they were preseason number five after the loss. And as we go into week number four, they're sitting there at number 12. If they slide or lose one more game... If you're Florida State, that win looks less and less impressive. And their problem is playing in the ACC. They don't have another opportunity for a statement win. That's why the LSU game is important. And that's why it's important for Florida State to have a zero goose egg in the loss column. 
because their resume is not going to stack up well against resumes of other teams across the country. Like, if we look right now, right, again, I don't think it's too early to start projecting and looking at the four college football playoff spots. I I feel very comfortable in saying, very confident in saying, the Pac-12 is guaranteed to get a team in the college football playoff. They are the best conference in college football. I don't care if we're talking about an 11-2 and conference champ. And we've never seen a two-loss team make the playoff. They are getting in no matter what. This team right now has eight teams, or I should say this conference, has eight teams ranked in the top 25. They are deep. They are elite. Three teams in the top 10, eight teams ranked overall. They are getting a team in the college football playoff, no doubt about it. So one of the four slots taken. Big 10, guaranteed to get a playoff team in. They have three teams right now ranked in the top seven. They are elite. So Big 10, okay, going to take up a spot as well. There's two. Two slots of the four taken right away. Georgia. Got a scare from South Carolina last week. Bounced back nicely in the second half. You look at their schedule, though, going forward. Outside of Auburn, which I think for me is the trickiest game left they have on their schedule. Outside of Auburn, there's really no other team you're worried about. Florida, no. Tennessee, no. You name it. Now, in the SEC right now, it's not really that deep. Not really that scary, if you will. Vanderbilt, no. They're fine. So they're going to be 13-0, I think. And that's a third playoff spot now taken up. So three spots, Pac-12, Big Ten, Georgia. You look at that fourth spot. If Florida State is 13-0, boom, it's theirs. It's theirs. They're in. They are in. The problem is if they lose on Saturday, if they go to Death Valley and lose right now to an unranked Tigers team, now all of a sudden you open Pandora's box. Now all of a sudden your lack of a big second win is going to hurt you. Because you look around every other big game that's being played on Saturday. Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oregon State, Washington State. Oregon taking on Colorado. Penn State, Iowa. Ole Miss, Alabama. All those teams, for the most part, have a margin for error and can lose on Saturday because they have chances to make up for it later in the season because they have a loaded schedule. Florida State does not have that luxury. Florida State is right now three ranked teams left on their schedule. 18th ranked Duke, 20th ranked Miami, 25th ranked Florida State. Uh, excuse me, 25th ranked Florida. Those three teams are hanging out for dear life. Any of them lose over the next few weeks, they're probably out of the rankings. So you're now chance for an impressive statement win is not there anymore. And the only one you have so far in LSU right now is slid. And if they lose another game or two, we'll continue to slide. Whereas you look right now going forward, you look at Oregon's schedule. When they still play Washington. They still play USC. They have chances to right now make up for that if they lose to Colorado on Saturday, which I don't think they will. But if they do, let's say the, the impossible happens and Colorado shocks the world, goes to Eugene and wins. Oregon, after this Saturday, still has five ranked opponents on their schedule. If they went out there in no matter what, they can afford to lose on Saturday because if they take care of business going forward, they are in, guaranteed. 
If Penn State loses to Iowa, but they beat Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State is in. No doubt about it. If Ohio State loses to Notre Dame and then runs the table, beats Penn State, beats Michigan, they are in the college football playoff. If Oregon State even, Oregon State loses to Washington State, runs the table, wins out, they are in. Every team, for the most part, has an argument outside Alabama. They lose. I mean, they're already done. They're not a very good team this year anyway, but two losses and they're really cooked. Every team playing in a big game this weekend can afford to lose and still have everything in front of them and still control their own destiny because they have statement games where if they win, that will make up for their loss. Florida State does not have that luxury. They've already played their biggest game, and the rest of their schedule, having a few teams ranked in the low teens, high 20s, is not going to sway the committee when you're talking about, you know, facing off against other teams for that fourth spot. Like, let's just say, for example, right? Here's a perfect example. Let's say if Ohio State beats Notre Dame, Ohio State beats Notre Dame, Ohio State beats Penn State, but for a third year in a row, Ohio State loses to Michigan. And Michigan goes and wins on and wins the Big Ten championship. Michigan's in. Right, they are the Big Ten champ. They're in the college football playoff. But if you then look at Ohio State's resume, who'd be 11-1 and one, with wins over Penn State, currently ranked 7th, and Notre Dame on the road, currently ranked ninth. Two top 10 wins for Ohio State at 11-1. and one. I would argue that resume, despite not being a conference champ, but having two top 10 wins is more impressive than Florida State's resume if Florida State is 12-1 and with a loss to Clemson and a win right now over LSU. And nothing really else after that. That is where the Seminoles get into a dangerous game of resume comparison because the Pac-12 with eight teams has plenty of opportunities for their teams to face off and get marquee wins. Big 10, same thing. Three teams in the top seven. You have ample opportunities to face each other and get a statement win or two. The Seminoles do not have that luxury because their schedule is weak now going forward, which is why if, if I'm Florida State, you could still get into the playoff, right? We've seen a lot of chaos ensue. So it's not exactly like if they lose, their season is over on Saturday. They need a lot of help, and they need help more than anyone else that loses on Saturday. That's why, for me, I think there's no team that's more desperate and in more need of a win in this massive week four than the Florida State Seminoles. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. But I just don't see how, right now, if you're Florida State and you lose, how you are breezing to the playoff, even if you're 12-1. and one. Plenty of teams above and below you can jump you with more impressive wins. That's a problem. That's where, again, Florida State being in the ACC comes back to haunt them. If you're not undefeated and you drop a game you shouldn't, you don't have a second or third chance to make a statement, to win a big game. You have to rely on teams losing and losing multiple games in order for you to make it. That's a lot of help you need. It's a lot of help you need. 
That's why you look around. No one else really needs a lot of help. And if you play the resume game, an 11-1 Washington, an 11-1 Ohio State versus a 12-1 ACC champion Florida State, sorry, Seminoles fans, you're losing that battle every time. Every single time. So in this massive weekend, we have Ohio State Notre Dame, Florida State Clemson, Ole Miss Alabama, Oregon State, Washington State, Utah, UCLA. Don't sleep on that game. Very good game. Penn State, Iowa. All ranked on ranked matchups. Well, drop Florida State, Clemson. I apologize. That's not ranked on ranked. All the others are, though. Oregon, Colorado. I don't think I mentioned that. Six ranked on ranked opponents. Who do you think needs a win the most? On Saturday, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We'll get your thoughts, and also, when we do return, I gave you who needs to win the most on Saturday. I also got upsets. Two upsets going down later today. I'll tell you who it is and why when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here. Where else? CBS Sports Radio. It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. Ryan Hickey with you. Where else? But right here on CBS Sports Radio talking the massive, big time weekend in college football. I don't think there's a team that is more desperate or, if you will, in more need of a win on Saturday than the Florida State Seminoles. They lose. I think their path to the college football playoff is more challenging than any other team if they lose on Saturday. It's not hyperbolic to say if Oregon State loses to Washington State or Colorado loses to Oregon, that their path is still easier to the college football playoff than if Florida State loses to Clemson on Saturday. Not saying that Colorado's a playoff team. I don't think they are. But the path is there because they still have plenty of statement games in front of them So if they win a few, and they have to win all of them, you can't lose again, but they beat USC, beat Utah, beat the teams on their schedule, they are able to then rise right back up the rankings and be back in. Florida State does not have a statement game left. They do not have a statement opportunity left, which is their problem. While if they lose, again, they should not lose. They need a lot more help to get in than the, a lot of other teams that are playing on Saturday in these big-time games we're talking about. That's why, for me, I think Florida State is a team that desperately needs a win the most. Now, will they get it? It's a different question. I don't think they will. I think the Clemson Tigers at home are beating Florida State. One of two upsets I think are going down on Saturday. That and the other one, Ole Miss beating Alabama. Please start with Clemson. Here's why they're winning this game. I think their philosophy and their strategy should and will be run the ball, drain the clock, and ride your best offensive player, which is running back Will Shipley. Tigers are averaging 216 yards per game on the ground. 16th in the country. Pretty damn good. On the flip side, Florida State's rushing defense, 65th. Eh, middle of the pack. Not great. If you were able to control the line of scrimmage, if you were able to control the clock, 
slow the game down, keep Florida State's explosive offense on the field, limit their possessions, that is going to work in Clemson's favor. That's what I think they're going to do. They're going to really make it more of a defensive struggle kind of game and really just muddy up the game. Make it more of a street fight than a track meet. And you look, Clemson should have success running the running the ball on the ground because it's not like Florida State's defense has been locked down. Like that's I think one of the things that's been overlooked so far in this early season is that Florida State is doing a lot of or having a lot of their early season success because of their offense. LSU, look, I know that the game got out of hand late and, and the Seminole offense ran away with it. But LSU, especially in the first half, had no problem whatsoever driving up and down the field. For whatever reason, they got in, inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line, got in any sort of third and fourth and one situation. They just completely melted down. But they moved the ball up and down the field a ton. Even last week, Boston College passed for over 300 yards, and a big reason for their downfall was penalties. 18 penalties for Boston College. Let me tell you this. You're not, if you're BC beating Florida State, by committing 18 penalties. But still, that's a Eagles team last week that scored 29 points and is right there in the game. Florida State's defense has been living on the edge defense. Uh, living on the edge, I should say. I think it's going to come back to bite them this week. 27-21. The Tigers take down the Knolls and make things a lot more hairy for Florida State to get to the college football playoff. On the flip side, this is technically an upset in the SEC, but only in Vegas' terms, and I guess technically in the in the rankings as well since Alabama's 13th and, and Ole Miss is 15th. But I really don't think this is a big upset if Ole Miss goes into Tuscaloosa and wins the game. I think Vegas is dead wrong on this spread. They have Alabama favored as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Let me ask you this question. Why does Alabama, or why does Las Vegas think Alabama is going to be able to slow down Ole Miss's offense, and why do they think that Alabama can keep up with Ole Miss's offense? I don't get that logic whatsoever. I don't see that. I see a lot in Ole Miss like I see in Texas. A lot of mismatches in favor of the road team going to Bryant-Denny Stadium. Where Ole Miss, just like Texas, has the better quarterback. Better running back. Better offense. Better offensive line. More explosive. Can make some plays. I don't see how this matchup favors Alabama. I don't see how, even with Jalen Milrow back now as a starter who clearly, after watching last week, without a doubt, gives them the best chance to succeed at quarterback. He's by far the best quarterback on the roster. But I don't see how, if you're Vegas, you sit there and say, oh, yeah, Alabama's going to win at home by a touchdown. That's ludicrous. Lane Kiffin finally does the damn thing. He finally beats his guy, his mentor, in Nick Saban, goes in there and wins one. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Wait to hear what Lane has to say after the game. You know he's going to say some sort of good one-liner. Maybe put Nick Saban in the old folks' home. Maybe the game's passed Nick by. 
He's got something. He's got some sort of jab, I know for a fact, lined up, ready to go. It's Nick's, uh, it's it's Lane Kiffin. I'm sure he on Monday, he already thought of some good one-liners post-game for him to say after the win. I think Ole Miss is going down to Tuscaloosa and winning that game. So Ole Miss upsetting Alabama and Clemson upsetting Florida State. Do you have an upset? You think he's going to go down one of these big games here? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. And you tweet me as well at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Pete, call from good old Long Island. What's up, Pete? What's going on, Hick? How we doing, man? I got an upset for you, brother. A good one. I mean, I, you can. it's not going to say it can't be an upset, but my Michigan, my Michigan Wolverines are going to get helped out this week. Listen, this Sam Harmon's the real deal, kid. This kid threw 12,000 yards, 110 touchdowns a week for us. This year, 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. In Notre Dame, Ohio State's coming in thinking that they got all that, you know, that swagger going on. But the fighting Irish this week, man, they're going to they're gonna take Ohio State out of the picture. Wait a second. Before we get to your Notre Dame pick, did you say your Michigan Wolverines are in trouble? No, they're not in trouble. That, oh. the, not Notre, that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are going to oh. help us out this week. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was going to say. I, Ohio State goes down this week. Listen, they still got to play Michigan. They still got to right. play Penn State. They, 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 Ohio State goes down. They're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble. Notre Dame goes. Notre Dame, the only other test Notre Dame's going to have is going to be USC. And that's a 12 and 1 record. This, this Sam Hart, this Harmon, man, this kid is the real deal, man. Sam Harmon's I mean, really good. You know, I'm worried about Pete. I'm not worried about Harmon whatsoever. I'm worried about his receivers. Like, I think Notre Dame by far has a quarterback advantage. I just don't know if the receivers for Notre Dame can win one-on-one battles, if they can actually make having the quarterback advantage worth it. That's where my biggest well, question is, and I'm that's why, honestly, I'm picking Ohio State. Now, you know what? The receivers in our wrong. Just, listen, they got that running game. That they kid, do. That kid, that, that kid can run. You give it. You give a Sam Hartman with a with a with a running back that can you know play action out of stuff and and make some stuff happen in the backfield. Ohio State's got their hands full. I think that's the upset of the week this week. I think Notre Dame is going to take Ohio State out of the picture this week, and uh, and I think they're going to make a run if they can if they can take down USC. They've got a very soft schedule as always. They take out USC, you know, on week four uh, on October fourteenth. Listen. They could go twelve and zero and get back into that uh, to the mission things after Kelly ran out on them in the middle of the night. Notre Dame's for real with this Hartman. I mean, this kid, twelve thousand yards and one hundred ten touchdowns that he you know before he got to Notre right, Dame right at Wake Forest. Yeah, no, he's four and zero. He's he, he's got they got two hundred points for forty something points against. Look at you. They're rolling and and I think they're gonna shock Ohio State this week and I think they're gonna take Ohio State out of the box, man. I think the Fighting Irish. Or, uh, I'll, I'll get to come out victorious this week. I like it, Pete. I appreciate the call. Love the energy. This is, again, I, I kind of told you before about what my big concern and why I'm picking Ohio State to win this game. I just don't trust Notre Dame on the outside to take advantage and score enough um, on Ohio State. But also, look, I know a lot of people like to say this. Notre Dame, soft schedules always. Look, they're playing two top 10 teams. Really, two top six teams at home. That's a challenging schedule. They got Duke coming up as well here. Like, they, they got a tough schedule. Let's not pretend this is Cupcake U here. They've played some bad teams to start, absolutely, but so have many other teams in college football. But Ohio State coming to town, USC coming to town in a few weeks. Now, look, we thought Clemson would be better, right, in the preseason schedule. That looked like a really tough game now. When they're unranked, obviously, it looks a lot weaker. But now Duke has risen up, so that's another ranked opponent on ND's schedule. Like, 
they, they get a 12 and 0. They are in the college football playoff, no doubt about it. Their resume is absolutely strong to where it is no doubt. Lock it up, 12 and 0 Irish. They are in. Here he is. All right, round two. We tried for Chris earlier. Could not make it happen. So here he is back for his victory lap so far. The official through two weeks leader of Hickey's Pickies at three and two, Chris and Maryland. Chris, congratulations. So far. No way. No way. We went to Chris once. The same thing happened. He called back. Thank God he didn't do this last week on Hickey's Pickies. Because guess what? These picks, he's not picking any winners with uh, dead silence. I don't know what's going on with Chris's phone today. But hey, it worked last week for him. And right now, through two weeks, he is sitting there at 3-2 and two and leading Hickey's Pickies with that winning record. Okay, here's what we'll do. We'll take a break. We do come on back here. This is obviously a big weekend in college football. A lot of good uh, ranked matchups. But there's another reason why just outside of the matchups alone, I am super, super fired up for this weekend. I'll tell you what it is when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey with you. We're all right here on CBS Sports Radio. Here, though, with the latest CBS Sports Radio update is Marco Bloody. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. Welcome on in. Hick at Night with you right here till the top of the hour. If you missed any part of the show today, great news. You really didn't miss anything. All you got to do is check out the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Nico is producing, doing a great job uploading the podcast as we speak. So look at that. As soon as the show ends, the entire show will be in podcast form. Available for your consumption whenever you want it. Long drive later today. Boom. Pop it on. Ready to go. Need to catch up on the first hour or maybe about to leave us for the last 20 minutes and don't want to miss anything. Easy as subscribing, downloading. Hick at night. Again, night spelled N-I-T-E. And you don't miss a second. Also, bonus mini monologues, bonus picks for college football uploaded each and every week as well. So some bonus material for you on the page as well makes it hopefully worthwhile to subscribe and enjoy. All right. We're talking a lot about this weekend in college football because it's a massive one. Six matchups feature ranked on ranked opponents. It is by far so far in the first 25% of the college football season, by far the best week uh, of college football to date. And part of the reason why I'm so excited is not just the fact that we have so many games uh, that are good, but also these games, even in late September, actually truly impact who could win a national title. I know we're only three games in, right? So it's still early on, if you will, quote-unquote, 25% of the way through. But if you really look at it, this is a season that is truly wide open. Right? Even up to this point in most years, even in the first month of the season, most years in college football, there are what? Two teams you actually believe in can win a national championship, not make the college football playoff, win a national title. Three, right? It's mostly what? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Outside of those for the most part, again, again, add a team, take away a team. For the most part, each year, 
two or three teams separated themselves. They are the elite teams. And it's like, oh boy, there's an ocean between the elite teams and everyone else. And so you don't feel like, even if you make the, even if you make the college football playoff, eh, can we really win a national title? Probably not. This is the first year that is different. Where I look at the top 10 in the rankings, I could easily and truthfully make an argument for each of the top 10 winning a national title. And that's why, like, it's great that this year and this week, not only do you get big-time matchups, but the matchups actually mean something. Right? How many times do you go, oh, you know, number 10 playing number 13, but neither are really that good or neither on the level of a Georgia or Alabama or LSU or Ohio State. So it's like, eh, it's fun. It looks sexy on paper when you see the numbers next to the teams. And, oh, wow, these are two top 10 teams. This is awesome. But you still know deep down your heart of hearts, yeah, they're not really that good. It's not really changing that much of, you know, the national title landscape. This legitimately is. Because you look at Georgia, who was vulnerable last weekend against South Carolina. You have questions about Carson Beck and the talent overall. Maybe it's not as polished and experienced as it's been in years past with Georgia when, the, when they won the last two, uh, when they've won, easy for me to say, the last two national titles. Michigan, very well-rounded team. But last week against Bowling Green, yeah, J.J. McCarthy throw three interceptions and struggle. Florida State, I mean, barely hung on for dear life and, and was lucky to escape Chestnut Hill uh, with a win over Boston College. Texas, Texas, boy, oh boy, they just can't help themselves. Two weeks ago, impressive win on the road over Alabama. How do they follow it up? By going at home and being in a 10-10 draw with Wyoming in the fourth quarter. Now they pulled away, but you should not be in a 10-10 draw with Wyoming in the fourth quarter. USC, big question so far. Can their defense be improved? They've not had an opponent yet to really challenge them. That will change next week when they do take on Colorado in Colorado. But so far, that's been the big bugaboo. Hey, can USC get a stop? Ohio State, is Kyle McCord any good? So far, the early returns, no. Penn State, can they iron out some kinks um, with their quarterback and on the interior of the uh, defensive line? Can they stop the run? Washington, how do they stack up against legit teams? And is their defense going to be good enough? Notre Dame, are they actually legit? Right? Like, they have the talent. So far, Sam Hartman and co. have looked really good. Can their receivers make plays? Can their defensive line make enough plays? Can their offensive line in the middle hold up? Utah, can Cam Rising come back and play at a high level? Um, And can they avoid, you know, those two trapdoor games that have always kind of gotten them in the past that where they've won the conference the last two years, um, they've been unable to make the college football playoff? Can they avoid those trapdoors that have killed them in terms of making a playoff push? Like, all 10 teams have flaws, but all 10 teams also have a ceiling where they could win the national title this year. And that's what I love so much about this upcoming season, or this upcoming weekend, I should say. And this, you know, that's kickoffs about six hours and 15 minutes from now from getting things going here, is because these games not only are great on paper. Number four, Florida State at Clemson. Number 15, Ole Miss at number 13, Alabama. Number 19, Colorado at number 10, uh, Oregon. 
Number 24, Iowa at number 7, Penn State. Number 6, Ohio State at number 9, Notre Dame. Number 14, Washington, uh, Oregon State at number 21, Washington State. Number 11, Utah hosting number... Ooh, on a roll, too. I think it's 22. UCLA, that's the only one that's tripping me up so far. Could be 22, but right in those low 20s. Um, for the uh, For the Bruins, all of these matchups literally impact the race for the national title. And we have not been able to say that in college football for a while. It is tremendous. It is absolutely tremendous. Parity is a great equalizer, and that, unfortunately for college football, it's been missing for a while. I love college football. It's my favorite sport. If I had to choose one, I'm taking that over the NFL any day of the week. But the issue is, for the sport I love the most is that's really been too predictable. Up oh, Alabama, okay, they're going to win the national title. The only question is who's going to make it there and who are the other two teams that could have the right to get slaughtered by them. Up, oh, looks like LSU's year this year. Up, oh, Ohio State's really good. And how many times do we circle in the preseason three, four, maybe five teams that could make the college football playoff and everyone else is fighting for, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl? Everyone else is playing for the Independence Bowl. This is truly open. This is truly open, and this is truly a situation so far where I do think that we're going to have a great weekend and also a great weekend because these games matter. And so I think with Clemson upsetting Florida State, which I think will go down on Saturday, that now opens the door to where Florida State, who seemingly after their week one stomping, stomping, of LSU seemed all but inevitable of them making the college football playoff. They lose on Saturday to the Tigers in Death Valley. Anything but a guarantee. They're going to need a lot of help then in order to make sure they are one of the four teams standing at the end of the season. Ole Miss, definitely not inconceivable for them to go into Tuscaloosa, win, and all of a sudden now get jump-started and making a run to the SEC title game. Um for the first time since they've been uh, as part of the conference. Oregon. Colorado even. Hell. This is a game where I do think Colorado does finally meet his match. They've been a tremendous story for the first three weeks. I have doubted them a, a lot along the way, and I've been proven wrong more times than not. Impressive win on the road, week number one at TCU. Gifted, but still, nonetheless, they took it. Impressive win over Nebraska, week two at home. Barely had to squeak one out against Colorado State last week. But you know what? They came out clutch when they had to be. This, though, is going to be the game where reality punches them in the face. They have the talent at at the starting positions for them to hang with the, you know, hang with some of these teams and win. But I think the real separator you'll see is going to be on Saturday. The real talent separator, the real depth separator, I think is going to come to the forefront here on Saturday. Where Oregon's bigger, stronger, deeper than Colorado has been. That to me is where this game just changed, and that to me is where this game does go in the favor of the Ducks. 21 point spread's a big one. It's a fat number. And I have no problem laying it. I think this is going to be a massacre. An absolute massacre. 
Shador Sanders is the most hit quarterback in college football. 55 quarterback hits through three games. That offense line is not very good. They're one of the worst rushing teams in all of the country. I believe off the top of my head, it's 127th out of 131 teams. They are in rushing offense. So they are very one-dimensional, which plays right into Oregon's hands. If you know what's coming, easy to tee off. Offensive line, not very good. Defense line, very stout and fast. Constant pressure on Shador. And on the flip side, if you're Oregon, going against a Colorado rush defense that's 119th in the country, you can run the ball early and run the ball often. Run it down their throat. So I think they'll cover. I think they'll beat Colorado by 21 points. I think we'll see, at least for one week, the Dion train come to a, come to a stop. Not going to stop the hype train. That'll keep going all season long. But at least the, the Dion belief can Colorado actually do something legitimate here this season. That is where those thoughts come to a crashing, crashing halt. But this... Weekend, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a great one. An absolute great one. I, for one, definitely cannot wait. I am in a little bit of a predicament here. So we've been talking for most of the show about how great this college football weekend is. So I am going to my friend's house. I'm a Penn State alum. They are a Penn State alum. A few of our friends going are Penn State alums. So I'm going to all Penn State folks. Penn State's playing Iowa 730. Now, I'm already prepared where I'm bringing my computer and I got like a second screen as well that I'm plugging in. So I will make sure while Penn State's on the big TV, I got Ohio State, Notre Dame on and I got, I think it's Washington State, Oregon State as well on at that time. I got options is what I'm saying basically for the games. What I'm nervous is this. So we're going over to my friend's house. They actually have a real house. Moved in recently. My girlfriend's an interior designer. We're going for the game. Right? We're going to watch the game, have a good time, hang out, and uh, enjoy each other's company. We're also going because my girlfriend's helping my friend kind of redecorate. I think it's her living room or dining room. And there's going to be some wallpapering going on. And I'm nervous because we're going early. I may be dragged in, sucked in helping out, cutting, gluing, measuring, and look, me and my girlfriend don't really fight that often. We do get along pretty well. I am worried this could cause World War III. Because look, if we're talking about a 330 slate here, we got Ole Miss, Alabama, we got Colorado, Oregon. Like, I can't be wallpapering as, you know, Bo Nix is driving here or maybe, you know, Shador Sanders putting on a Heisman-like performance. I can't be saying, oh, geez, I missed that because too busy putting the wallpaper up on the wall. This is going to be an interesting situation. It could be a little hairy. I could be in big trouble. I will be back on the air Monday evening, filling in for Zach Gelb, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here on CBS Sports Radio. I hope I'm allowed to go. I hope I'm not in the doghouse. Let's just say after a Saturday gone wrong because I was asked to help, and let's just say things did not go to plan. Could be a very interesting situation here, and this sounds like a project that I feel like on the surface, oh, yeah, it's like me that much work, but all of a sudden you get there and it's like, oh, this is a bigger project than I thought. Oh, actually, you know what they say? Many hands make light, uh, many hands make light work and could get dragged into uh, dragged into helping out. It's going to be a battle. But you know what? I'm standing my ground. If I could stand my ground, 
you could stand your ground as well. This is one of those Saturdays where, you know what, if you got to go in the doghouse for a few days, worth it. If you got to be in trouble or maybe, you know, do some, um, whatever, it's makeup chores or be extra nice around the house, worth it. This is a mega, mega slate. And whatever it takes to get free and watch as many games as possible or later today, I think it's worth it. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Hick at Night. Appreciate Nico for doing a tremendous job producing this show. Don't go anywhere. Carrington Harrison is up next. Enjoy this tremendous day of college football. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Ryan Hickey. I'll talk to you next week right here on CBS Sports Radio.